0: This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Alrighty, so if you have been with us since this quarantine, that you know about a month ago we started off our premarital classes. And Minister Stinson did a wonderful job on her portion of it, you know, talking about the marriage covenant. How serious the marriage covenant is. How major of a life change marriage is. How it's, it's one of the most important decisions of your life and it's a lifelong commitment. This is not something that you can take lightly. And one thing that I want to make sure that everybody knows that when you're going through these stages of life like marriage or you're getting prepared for these stages of life like marriage, if you want to do it the right way, then you cannot do it without the presence of God in your life. You have to maintain His presence in your life. The, There's no way that you're going to be successful in His purpose without maintaining His presence in your life. So, and I also want you to remember, you know, before this, probably about maybe a year ago, it was last June, I believe we started The Purpose of the Family. And that ran all the way up until this June. And The Purpose of the Family connects right into what we've been going to. So as you go through your notes on this, make sure that you review and go back to some things, because you're going to hear some things that we went through today. Back when we went through on the purpose of the family. Because it's all hand in hand. So make sure when you're studying over these things, go back all the way to June. Because from June to this June, we start on the purpose of family, which goes right into premarital. Because let me tell you, you can't have God's family without God's marriage. And that's the end of the story. So these things go hand in hand. So I'm going to start... And do a little bit of review of what Minister Stinson said uh, uh, the last few teachings she did. And we're going to go over what the purpose of marriage is again. Because we have to walk this out. I'm telling you, this, we're going to walk this out. We're going to take our time with this. It may take four weeks, five weeks, six weeks. But we're going to take our time. Because these things right here, these things are going to affect you for the rest of your life. And if you don't know what God says on these things, you're going to be trapped. You're going to be trapped by the world and the way it tells you to do. And you're going to keep wondering, why do I keep going through the same cycles of life and I can't seem to get out? So we're going to have to figure out what God says about these things. So, from Minister Stinson, she told us the purpose of marriage is to show forth God's love. And I love how she broke it down. She broke out the different types of love. It's to show forth God's agape. Let me tell you that right now. The purpose of marriage is to show forth God's love. Like, like she, she pointed out to us in Ephesians 5, it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave them so forth. Wives, submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. So, the, the purpose is to show forth God's love and also to raise a godly seed. To raise a godly seed. Not just to raise children. The, the Bible doesn't just say, be, just multiply. It says be fruitful. Being fruitful means they have to be, God. they have to have fruit of the one that we're trying to be reimaged into. Alright, so per, and I also want to go over the definition she gave for marriage because this is crucial. And we're going to break this definition down as well. So, if you haven't wrote this down, write this down. Marriage is an institution created by God. Uh, We have to stop there. It's an institution created by God, which means what's right in a marriage comes from God. You can't get it from anywhere else. It's an institution created by God, whereby two rational, free moral agents. What's a rational, free moral agent? Let's go through that right now. A rational, free moral agent is a person that has the ability to reason to think clearly and discern right from wrong. And should be able to do that and should be held accountable for all the decisions that they make, for their actions. But then again, like we said earlier, who determines what's right, what's right and wrong? This is God's institution. He determines what's right and wrong. So that means for a believer, it's Christ that's right. It's Christ that leads me. Which leads me to the next point in this, in this definition, whereby two rational... Free moral agents men and women who are born again uh, y'all didn't hear me who are born again see a lot of people are married out there but did, did God sanction your marriage are you born again because if you're born again there's some very specific things that God God has told you about your marriage he has a specific purpose about your marriage it's not to let's put our money together and we can have all the money in the world it's not oh now we can have sex all that. we can do what we want to no that's not his purpose. See, these are the things you have to remember about a marriage before you think you're ready to go in there. You have to be in place before you get in the camp. Let me put it to you like this. Remember, there's a season for everything. There's a season and a time for everything. And time is in God's hand. So he, so he gives you the time for the season that you're in. Let, let's turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Very, very popular scripture. We all know this, but it's so relevant to this right here. So we're going to go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And I'm going to read verse 1 through 10. And like I said, I want you to remember that there's a season and a time for everything. And I'm going to start. Verse 1. To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born, and a time to die. A time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill, and A time to love, a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men, and be ex- of men to be exercised in it. He hath made everything beautiful in this time. Now I, I, I'm I'm going to stop right there because what I want you to what I want you to understand is God saying, Listen, times are always going to come. Times are going to always be changing. And there is a time and a season for everything. But here's what God says. I have something for you in every season. And if you stick with me in those times, in every season, then and only then will you be fruitful. See, it said in, in verse 10, I see the travail of, uh, uh, what does it say here? I see, I have seen the travail which God has given to the sons of men to be exercising it. So I, I love how it says travail there because travail means a laborious effort. That, you know what that means? That means you're going to have to endure these times, but remember God's with you. And when you do that, what does it say in verse 11? Because he makes things all beautiful in his time. See, t- time is God's, and he gives, it, he gives it to us so that we have an opportunity to depend on His grace. <laughs> to show forth our faith in this world, to be a light in this world. Uh, and that, listen, that's that's the same thing in, in every season of your life. That's the same thing in the season of marriage. We have to depend on His grace. In the time and in those seasons when things get diff- difficult, and they get challenging and get tough... You have to depend on God. And others need to see that. So again, like I said from that verse, the main thing you need to pull from that is in every season of your life, and you're going to go through these seasons, stick with God. Maintain His presence in your life if you want to be fruitful in those seasons. If you don't want to be behind in those seasons. Because God has a purpose for you. God has something that He wants you to apply and learn in every season. And we have to be in position to receive it. Or we'll be off, off season. We'll be out of course. We'll be off kilter for the rest of our life. See, here, here's God's, and I remember this illustration my father showed me from long ago when I was a child. Here's guy let, let's just say this line right here. This is God's purpose for you. This is his season for you. And he's walking with you. All you have to do is walk with him. Now, if you don't maintain his presence in your life, you'll get pulled away from his purpose. And he's, let me tell you, time is not going to stop for you. His purpose is not going to stop for you. So he's still going, and here you are off on the side. Now you may realize, I need to get back. But let's say, let's say one of the issues that pulled you off purpose was you got pregnant outside of wedlock. Now you're over here with the child. And this purpose is still going on. Guess what you have to do? First you have to come back to purpose while it's still moving, and now you're playing catch up. That's what I mean. You're off purpose, you're off kilter, you're out of season for the rest of your life because purpose is still moving. And you're behind. And not only that, now that child is behind with you. It's so, so important to remember, God sets these seasons in motion for you, and you need to stand these seasons with him. I, I didn't say, I don't want to go through that season. I need to skip over it. No, no, no. God gives you time, and he gives you what you need for that specific season. And if you try to skip over it, it's the same thing as getting pregnant. That's what getting pregnant out of wedlock is. That's skipping, over, that's skipping over a season. That's pulling you out of your purpose. Some of these seasons seem so hard and seem so long and I don't want to do this. Uh, I see the travail. Didn't we just read that? Didn't God? I see your endurance. But I make things all beautiful in His... God makes things all beautiful in His time. So remember, as life, life changes and different seasons come, stay with God. All it takes is that one decision to pull you out of season for the rest of your life. So... We're talking about seasons. We're talking about premarital, the season of marriage. There is a season that precedes marriage. And you cannot skip that season. Because if you skip that season and try to go straight to marriage, you're off purpose. So there is a season that that, that precedes marriage. And what that season is known as is dating. Dating precedes marriage. So, as a believer, we have to find out, find out what God's views are on this subject. Because we know what the world thinks about dating. We need to figure out what God thinks about this subject. So, let me go ahead and give you all a title. I didn't give a title of this message. And for the next few weeks, we're just going to call this Dating on Purpose. Dating on Purpose. And we have a few objectives for this teaching. Our objective is to discover what is dating. And does God's purpose interfere with it? What is dating? And does God's purpose interfere with it? Is dating a commitment to head toward marriage? Oh, well, that's a good one. See, I can't wait to get into this teaching. It's going to be a lot of introduction and talking today and a lot of counsel, but I can't wait to get into some biblical things for you guys to confirm some things because, you know, the world has some views and people like to just fall into those views as long as it agrees with what their flesh wants. But let me tell you, dating, God has a different view in mind for dating. He has a different view in mind for purpose. His thoughts are different from our thoughts. His ways are different from our ways. He, listen, he knows that you have desires. He knows you have sexual and monetary desires, but that ain't even on his mind. He's a, let me. Tell, I'm not even gonna get ahead of myself. We said so. Is it dating? Is dating a commitment to head to a marriage? We're also gonna discover who and how do I date as a believer? Who and how do I date as a believer? And then the last thing we're gonna we're gonna discover is how should the believer view dating in contrast according. How should the believer view dating in contrast according? And y'all are going to hear that a lot out of my mouth nowadays, believer, especially after the teaching we've been getting uh, from Minister Martin talking about Christians, especially today, Christian in today's world, because I did a lot of research during this study time, and a lot of Christians are believing just like the world. So you're going to hear me say believer a lot, because a believer knows something different. So again, how should the believer view dating in contrast? According. So we're going to go ahead and get started with what is dating and does God's purpose interfere with it? So the interesting thing is when you talk about dating, you won't be able to find this specific word in the Bible. You're not going to be able to find date, but that doesn't mean you can't. You can just simply state, well, the Bible doesn't mention it, so I'm I, I'm free to pursue whatever I want to on this area. Nope. See, if you're going to depend on God's grace in every season, then you've got to believe that his word has authoritative, authoritative guidance on every area of your life. That's what I mean about standing purpose. You have to believe. Remember I said believers? You have to believe that his word has guidance for every single area of your life. So let's look at this word dating. What's the root word of dating? We all know the root word is date. So what is a date? This is going to blow some of y'all's minds. So a date. It's the day of the month or year as specified by a number. A social or romantic appointment or engagement with a group or an individual. I'm going to say that again. A date is the day of the month or year as specified by a number. A social or romantic appointment. I love how it said social or romantic. Social or romantic appointment or engagement with a group Or an individual. Now it's funny because this is the world's view on dating. This is the definition straight out of Google. But it's so funny how many people don't even abide by this. (laughs) It's so funny because this is the world's view. For how many people don't even abide by this when dating. So date. Let's look at that word dating. When you add that ing. That means you are setting a specific date and time. For a social or romantic appointment. Or engagement with a group of individuals or a single person that's what dating is so contrary to popular belief it's not always a romantic date Uh, let me help you too it's not always a guy and a girl let me put it like this let's say there's two guys and they have a standing appointment every Tuesday at 7 to go play basketball that's a date it's a specific date it's a specific time where these two individuals are getting together that's a date. Uh, let's say we meet every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at church. Guess what? We are dating. <laughs> we are dating. A specific date and time that we date. So that means we all are dating. we were all dated at some point. That means dating is, n- is, is not just for the unmarried. Oh. Yeah, dating is not just for the unmarried. What? I told you we were going to blow some of y'all's minds this morning. Dating is not just for the unmarried. See, the thing about it is when you go on dates, you begin to build and develop on what we know as relationships. And as we've learned in the past, especially in our next-gen services, relationships can make or break you. So I'm not going to take for granted everybody knows every, you know, everybody knows everything. So we're going to walk this through. What is a relationship? We're going to walk this through step by step. So you can't say that I didn't know that. All you can say is I didn't receive it. In this season of your life when God has something for you to receive. So what is a relationship? A relationship is the, it's the sense of state of being related to someone. You're saying, I can relate to this person and develop a bond with this person or that person based on what we have in common. I'm going to say that again. It's the sense or state of of being related to someone. You're saying, I can relate to this person and develop a bond with this person based on what we have in common. For example, you have relationships with people at your job because you have your job in common you have relationships with your people at church because we have Christ in common. So you are able to develop bonds and build on those bonds based on what we have in common. Now, and, and, and when I say that, you're, you're able to, take note of that word able. You're able, you're capable of developing a relationship with anybody that you know. You're capable. But this is where it takes a turn because for the believer, the believer... All things are lawful, but not expedient. All things are lawful, but not expedient. That means you can do them, but is it good for you? Will that lead to sin for you? See, the world would say, you can pick and choose who you want to date out of all the relationships you have. Remember, relationship is just, some, you, can, you can, you're capable of developing a bond with somebody because you have something in common. So they'll say, hey, You you see this person continually at the club, you're capable of developing a relationship with them because you have partying in common. You see this person at work, you're capable of developing a relationship with them because you have work in common. So they'll tell you, whoever you have a relationship with, or whoever you're in contact with, you can develop a relationship with any of them. You can date any of them. That's what the world will tell you. But God says, no, no, no. Not for the believer. The world will tell you, "Test test the waters and worry about the consequences later. That's what the world will tell you. But, but I am not my own. I was bought with a the price. Therefore, I have to glorify God in my body and my spirit. Everything that, I, in my, everything that I do. See, remember, we're going to get to purpose. We're going to talk about if it interferes with God's purpose, but everything I do, dating included, has to glorify God. Everything I do, in my body and spirit. That's scripture. So that means if I'm going to date which we all have and we all are we have to know what the Bible says about this about the subject what is biblical dating we know what the world says about it what is biblical dating so I'm going to make a statement here and we're going to to break it down for you and this is what God gave to me biblical dating is God's method to establish kingdom relationships biblical dating is God's method to establish kingdom relationships. Now, now I, I said kingdom relationships. So we got to break this down. We already broke down what a relationship is, but what is the kingdom? We're talking about the kingdom of God. And it's so funny to me because as Minister Martin was going through his teaching, he was already talking about the kingdom of God. Its righteousness, its peace, its joy in the ho- we're going to read it. Let's go to Romans 14. Romans 14. Cuz we're going to we're going to explain what kingdom relationships are. Romans chapter 14, and I'm going to read verses 17 through 19. Alrighty. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace. Enjoy in the Holy Ghost uh, what is righteousness uh, we already said it before because marriage is an institution created by God righteousness is what's right in God's eyes <laughs> then it said peace you know what peace is and we, we've talked about this time and time again and we talked about it today peace that means no matter whatever season you're in God is with me because I'm with him that's what peace is Enjoy in the Holy Ghost this is endurance given by the comforter so that we never give up. This is what we have in common as a believer. Oh, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So we can build on our relationships, we can date and build our relationship based on righteousness, based on peace, based on joy in the Holy Ghost. That's what a kingdom relationship is. God wants us to establish bonds or relationship based on that, the kingdom of God why because he has a purpose and nothing that god gives contradicts itself everything he gives works harmoniously together for that purpose god is not a fool everything he gives works together for the good of those who believe of the believer remember remember what his purpose his ultimate purpose is to seek and save the lost To restore man into proper relationship with him. Uh, uh, See, these are the things and purpose you got to keep in your mind when you're dating. Not, will I be pleased sexually. Not, will my money be... No, are we we developing our relationship based on righteousness? What's right in God's eyes? Uh, Listen, based on peace... Listen, is God intertwined with everything I do? Is God intertwined with everything you do? Are you enduring? Are you are you, are you, are you pressing? Are you ready to give up? Are you allowing the Spirit of God to order your steps? Or are you listening to someone you're dating? See, we're talking about purpose and how how none of his things he does contradict each other in Genesis. The first two chapters of Genesis, we get our first glimpse into the purpose. Remember I said we're going to go back to some of the things we learned about the, the purpose of the family? Because this is all connected. We get our first glimpse into the purpose for mankind and purpose for relationships. God established man and woman to come together in marriage and he tended for them to be in his image in his likeness. To have dominion, to subdue, be fruitful and multiple Wait, then he, he told them You need to subdue, you need to have dominion, you need to dress, and you need to keep. Why? Because I need you to bring everything in creation into God's will, into God's plan. And guess what else is included in creation? You are. So he's telling you, in this purpose, he says, you need to subdue and have dominion and dress and keep all those fleshly members that you have. Why? So just like all of creation, I want you to be fruitful in the season that you're in. Whether it be dating or marriage. Or any other season. He wants you to be fruitful. So God created marriage and He did so with His purpose in mind. And and His purpose is He wants to establish His kingdom here on earth. But He can't do that without His believers. He establishes His kingdom through you. Which is why we need to subdue, have dominion, dress and keep our earthly, fleshy members... So his, his kingdom will be established here. So people will see that Christ is here. So that they will know that the Father sent the Son. So that we can give God glory. And I want to tell you this. When, you, when God puts two people together that are doing that, you know, subduing and, and, and having dominion and, and dressing and keeping... He does that with the intention of advancing his kingdom. Remember, there's a purpose. That's why it says that the husband should should love the wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. People need to see that. It's intentions of advancing his kingdom. So we build kingdom relationships. But how can God use them to build the kingdom if the kingdom isn't first establishing them by themselves? Uh, God didn't say, "Get married now I'm establish my kingdom in you." No, no, no. See, that's, that's another way of being off purpose. That's another way of being all, out of time, all kilter. God wants to establish his kingdom in you before marriage so that you can be fruitful in the season of marriage. So biblical dating, I did say it's, it's it's kingdom relationships, but there's something else that I want to tell you. It's biblical dating is an aid to the process of establishing the kingdom of God in your heart. But we're gonna we're gonna walk these things down. See, today, like I said, I'm making a, I'm making a, I'm making some statements. We're gonna walk these things through in the scriptures, okay? Biblical dating is an aid to the process of establishing the kingdom of God in your heart. That's why dating lasts for a lifetime. That's why married people can still date. Uh, see, but you have to understand what I'm saying, right? You have to get outside the world's view. How can a married person date another person? They're married. Get on purpose. See, when people come together and they've been, they've been doing uh, subduing and dominion and having dominion over their earthly members, they may come together and form a marriage. They, it may be two guys that come together, come together and there's somebody who becomes somebody's lifelong mentor. It may be somebody that becomes a lifelong friend. But these are kingdom relationships. Let me help you out with this date, this dating thing. And I'm going to, let me just help you out with this dating thing. A couple of weeks ago, I got a call from Minister Haston, or an email from Minister Haston. And we hadn't seen each other in a, in a while because of this quarantining. So you know what he did? We set a date. We set a date. We got together, and you know, we we didn't eat, we didn't drink. All we did was talk about the Word. We talked about our jobs, he encouraged me there, we encouraged each other, and we just caught up. Guess what? That's a kingdom relationship. I dated him, and I'm a married man. We set a specific date, a specific time, for a social engagement. The only difference is we weren't after sex. We weren't after money. We didn't have any ulterior motives. You know why? Because you you have to continue to subdue, have dominion, dress and keep what God has given you. We're stewards of it. I hope that freed some of you all up on dating. But we got so much more that's going to free you up too. So again, biblical dating is an aid to the process of establishing the kingdom of God in your heart. Does that make a little more sense now? And again, dating lasts for a lifetime. Because the kingdom of God been established in your heart never stops. (laughs) So it lasts for a lifetime. And And I understand this as well. There's different seasons for your dating. I want you to understand that as well. Like I said, there's dating after marriage like me. Listen, you can take the person you're courting on a date. That's a little bit into what we're going to get into later. Because, you know, what's the difference between courting and dating? You can take someone you're courting on a date. We'll get into that a little bit later. But there's different seasons for your dating. There's dating as a teenager. Uh, Biblical dating. Because we know, you know, you check statistics nowadays, and, and almost the majority of them are having sex already. There's dating friends. Don't ever forget, that's why I started off in Ecclesiastes. Life has seasons, depend on God in every one of those seasons. Whether married or unmarried. Uh, Because that's the thing, God God has a purpose for for you whether you're single or unmarried. And he has an assignment for you in that season. Whether you're single or unmarried. But if you're busy trying to rush ahead, I'm trying to get married, I'm trying to do this. You're you're busy trying to do that and you're going to miss your assignment. You're going to miss the assignment God has for you. And then we we use our salvation as an occasion to the flesh. God, you gave me, you you saved me, now give me this. This is what I want. That's why we can think, now I'm saved, I want a a husband and a wife. When do you want righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost? For that's the kingdom of God. Uh, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then all those other things will be added. If you're wondering why these other things haven't been added, have you been seeking Him first? Are you building your relationships based off of righteousness? Based off of peace? Based off of joy in the Holy Ghost? Are you building them based off your lust? Um, t- if you think God's purpose for you doesn't somehow include bringing souls to Him, you need to re-examine You need to re-examine some things. When you understand that your life and your salvation in Christ has a purpose in advancing in his kingdom, then it's easy for you to see that biblical dating is just another way to establish his kingdom, to prepare you for his kingdom. But that's the vision you have to have. Talking about 2020 vision, get on purpose. Oh, I know it's tough, but that's the joy of the Holy Ghost. That's the endurance. See, if you're not building relationships with those things, then you don't know what the joy of the Holy Ghost is. You only, Listen, once you hang around the longest, that's what you're going to do. That's who you're going to be. So if you're dating people that don't build their relationships off of those things, why are you surprised? So first and foremost, you must love the Lord with all. Uh, that's the first qualifier to date. And you know what that means? That means I'm born again. Because a marriage is an institution created by God, whereby two rational free-moral agents who are born again. That doesn't mean I'm thinking about getting married and now I'm getting born again. Nope. Nope. That means in your dating process, you should already be born again. If you're dating, you should already be... Listen, that's a pre-qualifier. Believers, because I'm not talking to you Christians. I'm not talking to you otherwise. I'm talking to believers. If you're not born again, you are not ready to date. I'll say that one more time and you write that down. If you're not born again, you are not ready to date. Why is that? Because biblical dating is a commitment to God. And his purpose, not to not to not to a person, not to an individual. It's a commitment to God and His purpose. When God establishes a kingdom relationship, and it blossoms into marriage, that's the beginning of kingdom trends in your bloodline. That's how strongholds get broken, generational curses. See, when two people come together and, and, and they're in a kingdom relationship, they've been dating. I didn't say they've been dating intimately, but now they're headed toward marriage. Then they start dating and they, begin, they come marriage. Listen, that's, that's the beginning of kingdom trends. All the things that you used to face, listen, and you're on purpose, and God brought you together, it's time to break some generational curses. See, there's a purpose, and that's why... That's why dating, that's why the devil comes in your mind about dating so much. Because he knows if he can get you, if he can influence you, he can influence your your generations after you. He can keep you in prison. He can keep you enslaved. If he can get your eye on purpose. So why biblical dating? Why does God want us to have kingdom relationships? And I'm going to echo this one statement again before we go into that. Biblical dating is for the believer only. And I don't have to say biblical, I'm talking to believers. Dating is for the believer only. Why? Because only people who love Christ more than they love you will tell you when something's wrong. They'll tell you when you're doing something in the wrong time. Uh, listen, they, they can get over the excitement because you got enough excitement for both of them about getting married and tell you hey, wait a minute. What does this have to do with the purpose of God? Why are you sitting there looking so infatuated? But, but what does it have to do with righteousness? and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost and that's just the thing we choose today people that are just float along with their excitement for you but you need a lot more than excitement you need truth (laughs) you need truth and that's the only thing that's going to help because I'm uh, this is uh, marriage seems like such a joyful thing and it is when it's done the right way But don't you know that the devil can use marriage, too, to destroy you? Don't you know he can? All you have to do is be out of season. That's it. So why biblical dating again? Why does God want us to have kingdom relationships? Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ooh, and that time is moving. Did not get to where I was thinking I was going to get to today, but that's okay. Like I said, we're going to take our time on this. Ephesians chapter 4 and I'm going to read verses 10 through 16 and it says He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all, he- all heavens that he might fill all things and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come into the uni- in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. You know, I'm going to stop right there because the Christians of today's world, they're the children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Uh, Doctrine doesn't necessarily just have to be something biblical. It could be, you can have sex outside of marriage. That's a doctrine. But he says, no... We're, we're no longer to be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. By the sight of man and cunning and craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which the, which is the head, even Christ. See, you, see, you see, telling us, I want you to know who he's talking to here. He's talking to the body of Christ. He's talking to believers. And it says, speaking the truth in love, see, that's what I was saying about the people who just let you flow through things and let you. No, no, no. Speak the truth in love because this is what edifies the body of Christ. So I want you to understand who he's talking to here. Why biblical dating? Well, he's talking to in Ephesians, uh, in Ephesians chapter 10 is he's talking to believers. The commands that he gives here to build up each other in love is for believers. Turn to Hebrews chapter 10 because we're talking about why. Biblical dating, and I'm going ch- to am going to show you why. Hebrews chapter ten. This is so this is so good to me. Hebrews chapter ten, verse twenty three through twenty six. It says, "Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful to promise. And let us consider one another to provoke one, provoke unto love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching." For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. Now see, see, this is what I, In this scripture here, the Bible's commanding us to weave your desires, to weave your needs, weave your decisions deep into the fabric of family. What family? The family that God has made for you. What family did He make for you? Your local church. <laughs> your local church. But nobody looks good in my local church. Yeah, I ain't on purpose. Uh, Nobody looks like righteousness, peace, or joy in the Holy Ghost in your local church. I'm not saying you have to date somebody from your church. They need to be in the body of Christ. But this is the most centralized location that you come where you have something in common with them. Why wouldn't you start there? Or is it because you're not a believer and you're just a Christian? And I love how it said, for if we sin willfully after we have received the the knowledge of truth, see, speak the truth in love with each other. Because if we sin willfully after that, because you've been around it, you've dated it, and if we speak it willfully after that, then you've been deceived. That now it's on you. This is something God has set up. So that our hearts won't be hardened. That's what encouragement does. That's what edifying does. It makes sure our hearts don't get hardened. So we don't give in to our lust. That's that's the hardening of your heart. I know I'm supposed to be walking in the Spirit, but this thing I really want to do. So when I say that we'll be dating for the people for the rest of our lives, this is where you should look first today. The church. The body of Christ. The ones that have righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost in common with you. That's where you need to look. God has sent you. He sent your faith. He sent your gifts. He sent your experiences into other believers' lives. For their good. To encourage them. To build them up. That's what dating is. It's not to see how you can prey on somebody and see how you can get into their draws. It's not to see how you can manipulate, some, manipulate somebody and now we can share our bank accounts and now I got all the money in the world. No. No. It's to encourage one another, uh, to challenge and correct one another. That's real love. To edify each other, to build each other up. So how do we do this as a believer? And this was so easy to me because we, we go through this with the YouTube conviction all the time. Let's, let's turn to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 4. How do I do this as a believer? This is going to speak on how you should be when you're dating. We're going to go to 1 Timothy chapter 4. And I'm going to read verses 6 through 12. And it says... If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things Talking to believers If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things Thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ Nourished up in the words of faith And of good doctrine Whereunto thou hast attained But refuse profane and old wise fables And exercise thyself rather unto godliness For bodily exercise profiteth little But godliness is profitable unto all things This is why you need to have God in every season of your life. Having promise of the life that now is and of that which is is to come, that is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. For therefore, we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. These things command and teach. And this is where I wanted to get to. Let no man despise thy youth. Now, I'm going to stop right there because I want you to know this. He's not just talking to youth. This is to the believer. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example. Listen, be a pattern worthy to imitate. How are they going to be able to to imitate your pattern? By dating you, and seeing you, and watching you. Be thou an example, a pattern worthy of invitation to the believers. Of the believers, I'm sorry. In words. You know what that word is talking about? It's talking about that spoken word. Speak truth. Speak truth to each other. In love. In conversation. It's not talking about word again. It's talking about your conduct. Your manner of life. How you carry yourself. Carry yourself as a believer. Keep yourself pure and holy. Uh, chase after what's righteous. In conversation. In charity. What's charity? It's the way that you express your love to one another. It's an expression of love. Uh, But be an example of the believer in expression of love. Not what you think an expression of love is. In spirit. Whose spirit should we do everything in? The spirit of Christ. Uh. In the Spirit of Christ. That's how, I, I love how the youth did that song. In the Spirit of Christ is how we do it. It's the Spirit of Christ that governs me. That's the joy of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of Christ. That's how I do it. I do everything in the Spirit of Christ. You really have to ask yourself this question when you, before you make your moves. What would Jesus do? See, it's not a cliche. It's not a gimmick. It's not a bracelet. This should be wrapped around your heart. in faith that means you have to be a contender for the faith that means you can't let anybody just come off and pull you off of what you believe if God says that sex is only meant to be in the covenant of marriage I, I can't let anybody come and pull me away from that because my faith is in Christ and I'm doing things in the spirit of Christ and purity keeping yourself pure. Touch not the unclean thing. And we're going to get into that. We're going to get into touching the unclean thing, but I am out of time. But God is not. So I I want to encourage you. Please come back with us next week. We're going to continue dating on purpose. And and, and come with your heart ready to receive. The posture of your heart should be hands lifted up, because God has something for you in this season. And let me tell you something. He has something for you in every season. And, And you'll be prepared for the next season, but what you're prepared for is totally up to you. It's totally up to what you decide to receive. So come back next week. We look forward to seeing you and God bless. Love you guys. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.